everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm the hands behind Lovecraft Crochet, my plush user for the anxious, depressed, autistic, and neurodivergent. Small enough to travel in a purse, backpack, diaper bag, or even your pocket. You can check out my Facebook page or TikTok to see what patterns are available, and stay tuned for the new ones coming out. I also make hats, scarves, blankets, and dice bags for the tabletop gamer or dice goblin in your life. Feel free to order through the page, TikTok, or via email at love.craft.crochet.com. Now, back to the segment. Due to the graphic and disturbing nature of the crimes discussed, listener discretion is advised. Retrostatic Radio presents Killing 15 Minutes. Hello and welcome to Killing 15 Minutes, where we will give you your serial killer fix in 15 minutes or less, or your podcast is free. I'm Sam Rossi, and shortly I'll be handing a poorly written synopsis of a serial killer to my brother, who hasn't read it, on a serial killer he's most likely hasn't heard of. This should be fun. Good luck, bro. The Lake Bodum murders is one of the most infamous unsolved homicide cases in Finnish criminal history. Four teens were brutally attacked with three killed. On Saturday, June 4th, 1960, four Finnish teens decided to camp along the shores of Lake Bodum. Myla Bjorklund and Anja Maki, or Maki. I'm sorry about mispronouncing, but at this point, you know you know. We're both 15. Accompanying them were their boyfriends, Seppo Boisman and Nils Gustafsson. Those are easy. They don't have little glottal stops. Both 18. Sometime in the early morning hours of June 5th, Bjorklund, Maki, and Boisman were stabbed and bludgeoned to death. Gustafsson was beaten and stabbed, but found away from the rest of the group. Gustafsson would later state that the attacker was dressed in black with red eyes. At about 6 a.m., a group of boys bird-watching some distance away had reportedly seen the tents collapse and a blonde man walking away. The bodies of the victims were discovered at 11 a.m. by a carpenter. He alerted the police. He then alerted the police who arrived on the scene at noon. The killer attacked the teens from outside the tent with a knife and possibly a rock. The weapons were never found. The killer took several items, though, including the keys to the motorcycle, though the bike was not taken, and were not found later. Everything that was taken was not found. Okay. Gustafsson's shoes were partially hidden about 500 meters from the site. The police did not The police did not properly secure the scene and lost valuable evidence because of that. Bjorklund, Gustafsson's girlfriend, was found on top of the tent, partially dressed, and suffered from the most injuries of the group. She was stabbed multiple times post mortem, unlike the other two. The other two were less brutal, and Gustafsson had facial fractures and stab wounds. There have been numerous suspects, though these are the three most notable. First, Valdemar Valdemar Geistrom was suspected due to his hostility towards the campers. Police found no evidence to link him to the killings, though. They were skeptical of the supposed confessions he made because they considered him disturbed. He drowned in Lake Bodum in 1969, most likely by suicide. 
Then there's Hans Assman. <laughs> you know, Michelle asked me if that was really the name they gave, and I'm like, I'm telling you, I took that right off Wikipedia. <laughs> that the pronouncement, the the pronunciation cannot be Assman. No, you're thinking it. like Asman or something like something that. Like, but 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 I'm gonna call him Hans though. Hans Asman lived several kilometers from the shore of Lake Bodum. A popular book series proclaimed a theory of Hans committing the Bodum killings and other murders. Uh, which book series do you remember? No, they didn't tell me. And then when I tried to find it, it didn't give me it either. Yeah, fair enough. The police did not take this seriously, though as he had an alibi for the night of the bottom killings. However, on June 6, 1960, he did show up at a hospital near Helsinki with bloody clothes. Now, I'm assuming the blood wasn't his? He showed up at a hospital with it. I don't know. That's, sure. all, that's all I got out of him. Fair enough. Now, Nils Gustafsson was actually arrested in late March 2004. In 2015, no. In early 2005, the Finnish National Bureau of Investigation declared the case solved based on new forensic analysis. Supposedly, the newest bloodstain interpretation was that he was drunk and was kicked out of the tent when he got into a fistfight with the other boy, which then escalated to him committing all three murders. However, he would be acquitted on October 7, 2005. Which means this case is still open. And that's and that's the show. You yeah. know what? It actually is kind of lighter than the Red Ripper. I I'm mean, telling you. It's weird. Once you've hit 53 bodies. Suddenly, four, four, suddenly, three teens murder does not seem that bad. Now, I actually, because uh, I was going to say, the most likely suspect is always. The survivor. Yeah. As weird as that always sounds, but it makes sense. It makes total sense. Especially since he was found, you know, away from the tent and everything like that. Unless the, the, the I don't they didn't say how far away from the tent he was. So he might have been just, you know, because all the other ones were found around the tent too. He might have been just the furthest one from the group. Right. I mean, if he went off to pee or something, right? And someone was there, then yeah. Um, there's, uh, the blood splatter that they were talking about, uh, says that on his shoes, it's three, uh, the, the other three's none of his blood. See, and that's actually what I was going to say, because that is... How many of us go camping and we leave our shoes outside the tent? Yeah, but, uh, according to this, it was that they were found 500 meters away. That is, I'm taking my shoes off you know, wicked far away, because right. 500 meters is it's pretty like far. 150 feet. Something like that, yeah. Roughly. I'm, I'm not doing, like, actual conversion here. But, yeah, no, that's they, far enough away, but I mean, like, if the killer came up on the tent, his oh, shoes are outside. I'm sorry, 1,500 feet. Yeah, that's better. Um, But it's more, uh, what I'm thinking is that if you leave your shoes outside the tent, killer came up, put the shoe, you know, switched out shoes, so he didn't get blood on his at all, and Gustav came out, or he really was the, you know, killer, and do I think that they were right with the drunk actions? Who knows? You're 18. What could set you off? Well, that's sort of it. I mean, if everyone's out drinking, we've all been to parties. 
I chopped down several trees while pissed off that my then ex-girlfriend was making out with her new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I wasn't drinking. But, you know... But it was a nice way to get out my anger. Now, had I been mentally disturbed or actually drunk, maybe there would have been murder. Who knows? But <laughs> that's the thing is that, you know... Although, what's-his-name drowning in Lake Bottom is also very suspicious. Yes. Especially, I, w I would say probably suicide. The guy was kind of deranged. But according to the town folks... They saw him at the time, so it was... They, they think that there were people that said that he said that he did it. He was always hostile to campers. He would throw rocks at the tents if he saw them sort of thing. He 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 had enough suspicion of his previous actions that I could say he did it. And that's fair. But uh, Hans, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure. You Hans. just wanted me to say ass man. Hans popped up, and I'm like, all right. And I Google, I then Googled him to see if you know if, if that's his real name, and it really is. Uh, particularly since the last name was Ass Man. <laughs> I giggled a whole lot more on that than I should have. I'm a teenage boy sometimes. We broke. We had to stop recording for a second there. Yeah. But, you know, going through and looking at it, the cops screwed up when they didn't get, you know, where they still allowed people in to search for the missing items to see if they could find all these different things. They dredged the lake looking for it. But... Who steals the keys and not the motorcycle? Or at least one of the two. Well, that would actually be where I would say that that would point to Gustafsson, personally. Because one, finding the keys, even dredging the lake, is going to be hard. Even if it's one of the small ones like Lake Gordon. Yeah. Where it is, you know, only like... I don't know how long A quarter how large of a mile is. across or something like that. Yeah. I don't... Uh, I, I know it's a larger lake. Probably closer to Oneida. But if he's drunk, maybe they're, you know, and he, he's like, well, fine, fuck it, I'll leave. And they keep the keys. And they're like, you're not taking the motorcycle, be it, I can't even remember if it was Gustafsson's motorcycle or not. I don't. I assume that it's the 18-year-olds that had the motorcycles. Oh, well, yeah, the, but both boys were I, 18. Be, and, yeah, both boys are 18. But there's nothing that said, said more than one. They, they both said motorcycles. Everything was plural. So I'm thinking. It could have been both of theirs. Both, but they, they had motorcycle. That's how they got down there. Those were theirs. And both sets of keys were gone. I mean, but again, it's one of those things, you know, he's get, he's drunk. He's pissed. Right. Based you know, throws on. Throws into the lake, whatever. There's, there's not enough information. And without the additional, you know. Plus, it was the 60s. Well, that that's also it. You know, it, 60 years later, what is the real, like, uh, the 2005 when he got charged? Yeah. Because, you know, even then, it's 50 years later. What exactly? For, is, uh, yeah, it was like 40, 40, 44 years, something like that. That's why I ran Yeah. So, 40 years later, and they're saying that it's solved based on blood evidence now, but they're taking it from... From pictures and sh you know yeah they're taking it at well at what is essentially basing it on the medical examiner's location of all the wounds could he has missed something these are things to think about when making oh, a definitely. we we figured this out what's missing 
And that's really it. It's one of the big problems with cold cases. And I don't think we've really talked about this before is that once you have all the evidence taken from a scene, from a crime scene, that is what you're using. Right. You know, you miss a screw, you miss a cigarette butt, you miss, you know, you miss the fact that maybe one of the knife wounds is actually two knife wounds, but because it was done so quick and so close together in a tight grouping, you right. know, now all of a sudden your he stabbed him once was actually stabbed him about five times. You know, even that changes the very basic nature of crime of passion or meticulous. Yeah. Uh, if I recall. And it, it really is. Because his girlfriend was the one that had the most wounds against her. Right. So honestly, when you stop for a minute and go, okay, could he be the killer? There's a lot that points to him. Yes. But how many 15-year-old girls had multiple, would have, you know, guys after them? What if it was somebody who she turned down, followed them out to the lake, and... Yeah, it's very easy for, I don't want to say random encounters, but it's very easy for... I something think, to happen. I think that the killer knew them. Oh, yeah, Or definitely. at le- least knew her. Oh, definitely. Especially if you see all the punishment going to her. Well, yes, her friends are dead, and that is that is technically a sign of punishment. Or You know what I mean? Yeah. If the brutality is focused on one person, that's generally the cause. Yeah. You know, and yes, there are some... Yeah, but I, I'm just one of those things that while I was reading it, that's what, you know... Well, that was sort of what I, kept popping up in my head was Gustafsson while, while I was reading it, because I'm like, okay, he was found a while. His his wound seemed semi-superficial comparatively. He had multi... He... He had stab he wounds. Could ha- he could have blood out if, the you know, the bodies weren't found. But not knowing when the freaking, you know, when he got stabbed, how long was he bleeding for? Were, you know... Were they superficial cuts or were they deep defensive wounds? Were they defensive wounds? Yeah, they don't tell us anything like that. But that's also something where, you know, there there is so much when it comes to a cold case. And it's one of the few reasons why I am glad of social media the way it is now. Because... It's harder to... It, it's harder to vanish. It is. Well... It, 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 it is harder because, like, again, say say this is 2004. Okay, let's let's say it's 2010. Let's give people smartphones instead of... At least some type of phone. Okay. All of a sudden, person you turn down shows up to the lake where you, your boyfriend, your friend, and her boyfriend is. At that point... At that point, it's very easy to call someone and be like... Take a oh, picture. Shit. Take a picture. Record it. Record it. Fuck, put the motherfucker on blast on Twitter, just like, OMG, dudes, this uh, guy. Well, you gotta stop and think, but now in New York State, Bianca's Law say, is a lot, is, uh, has it where cops can, you know, pull that Im- images down and be able to use them well, in yes. the court of law. But that is still its own thing, because, like, yeah. if you make a public Facebook thing, it's still very, it's still usable in. Yes. But the pro, but that's not a problem. It's one of the things where if you make a statement in a public forum, that is a public statement. 
which is why a lot of people don't actually... Oh, my... That's its own ring. That's its own darn thing. All right. But, anyways, final thought. I liked it. What's yeah. the next one? Next one, I think, is another... Mar- is either a... Are we getting back to the U.S., or...? Yeah, we're getting back into the U.S. No, we're not. I'm reading the front first line. We're going to Australia. Oh, technically, is, uh, we'll get into that. Good day, mates. Later. See you later. Killing 15 Minutes is hosted by Arthur Carey, with scripts written and researched by Sam Rossi. If you like this episode or want to stay updated on this series, consider following Killing 15 Minutes on Patreon or Retrostatic Radio on all major social media platforms. Good night and God bless. You're watching Retrostatic Radio.